Hallo Spieltag. Now, Ponch, that is how you say hello game day in. Spieltag. It sounds European. I'm not going to say German. German. You it said is. It. It's German. Well done, Ponch. Shit, I didn't think it was. So, so for it. those of you who don't know, I'm the Moose. I am the Ponch. And this is the Hello Game Day podcast. Make sure you're subscribing wherever you're listening to YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are. Press subscribe. Helps us a lot. Helps us get traction on those pages. Thank you very much. Ponchi, how are you today, my friend? Feeling very good. Now, I've, uh, I'm have i going to lead in with a clip. Uh, Let me just say oh, really sorry. quickly. I wasn't too we've sure if we got the gun. I was, when I ask you how you are, you respond by saying, great, we've got Carl Amon on the podcast today. <laughs> yes, give, the, give him a pump up so people know why we're here. Yeah, so we do. Not we have, just us rambling on. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We have Carl Amon on today. Sorry, I did jump the gun with that. Um, he's a Sandringham Dragons boy. I played a bit of footy with him and we went through the ranks together. I'm really excited for this interview. Once again, it was just an absolute ripper. We got him with some stitch-ups, but there wasn't many because he's a very, very... He's a clean uh, skin. Yeah, he's a polished man. So he doesn't do anything wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to this And episode. Port had an epic win on the weekend. Robbie Gray, ice oh, in his veins from the boundary line. Literally, I said, I watched the last two minutes of that game. I just happened to turn it on when there was three, uh, two minutes to go. And... I was going berserk when mm. he kicked that goal. And I'm like, this is why I watch football. You and I mean, Ken Hinckley both. Yeah, <laughs> slapping everyone on the way out. <laughs> Beautiful, mate. Well, we'll get into your clips. Let's do awesome. it. Awesome. So I'll give a bit of context. Now, yeah. the old man, uh, my old boy, Paulie. Paulie boy. <laughs> he's, been, he's been getting on the punting of a bit recently. <laughs> and he's, he loves his first goal scorer. Now, he's picked every single one on Saturday. And he let me bloody know about it. Every one. Every single one. Now, he put a few down, but he has done pretty well for himself. So we're pumping him up here. Um, and my brother sent through this clip of my, my dad getting up and about. So, hope you enjoy. It is Homer Simpson esque. Here we go. Chucko! Marlon Pickett! 26 bucks I put. Um... Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, he loves it. It's the small <laughs> joys in life. Oh, I just love he doesn't know how much he put on. And then the woohoo like that <laughs> has been getting me all weekend. So, that is. Um, my clip for this week. And that's it. That's that's uh, that's the clip for this week. That's Big the, Papa Slay. That's the starting clip. It was just too good. We just we, we stuck with that. So <laughs> Oh, lovely. Well, you've got um, some pump-ups this week, have we? Yep. So an honourable mention is the debutant uh, Cody Waitman for the Bulldogs. He's kicked two goals, one. He looked electric. So I had to mention him. Um, but for me, the biggest one is the Gold Coast Suns. I know I love it. And, you know, obviously... Um, I've been around the club a little bit with Tuki and Pete and kind of playing their reserves. And I, I love it so much. So obviously, you know, I give them a bit more favour. But I kind of had this idea pop into my head that um, they're playing good football at the moment. Their recruits are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was talking to Carl Amon, because I thought he was still up in the hub, uh, he, I realised that he was back in Adelaide. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm actually back home now. But, you know, it's good, but kind of missed the weather. And I, it got me thinking, like, you've got all these teams that are having to live in Queensland, especially on the Gold Coast, which is a prime location. Uh, you're getting to live the experience, the weather. You're looking at a young team now who's got some serious talent. This is such a massive recruiting opportunity for the Suns and their mm. future. So if they have a really good year this year, you've had a lot of teams that have been forcefully like, chosen to live up there. So they get the lifestyle and they could go, this isn't that bad. The Gold Coast Suns are going pretty well. 
this is pretty enticing. So absolutely, I, I look at it and I think this is a massive opportunity this year for the Suns. They're and, absolutely and building a superstar team, premiership team. Yeah. When you when you when you just have one look at it, just from back to forward, I'll give you a few examples. Lacocious down back looks amazing. Rowley in the midfield, kicking to Rankin in the forward line, and King. It. Like yeah. it's just amazing the team yeah. that they're building and the lifestyle is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Um, if you want to get away from like the mainstream media, you could walk down the street and nobody would know who you are walking around the Gold Coast. So if, if you want a bit more of a laid-back lifestyle, amazing weather, and be out of the limelight, I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to the club? So mm. for me, I, that's what I want to pump up this week because it was just a thought that I had. So this is the Gold Coast recruiting uh, <laughs> policy right here, yeah. is punch on the Hello Game I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it hard. So if you want to go to the Suns, it's a prime opportunity. So that's my biggest pump up this week. I've also got a couple of clips that I needed to show. Now, we said Robbie Gray. Uh, actually, I'll get to that for the first one. Tom Papley, I absolutely love. And I did announce on Saturday morning to you, if I could get anyone on the show, it would be him because... He looks like a ripper. Yeah, there's nothing I love more in football when you see someone just celebrate a goal. And he's up there in the Coleman and he just celebrates every time someone kicks a goal. And I just but love not, that. But not, not only his goals. Not only, not only his goals. So we're going to play this clip. <laughs> Haywood has kicked one of the goals of the week. Yeah. And Papley has absolutely loved it. So we'll put the clip up. Didn't hit the line and run through. Watch Papley go over the top. <laughs> this is it, folks. Over the top. <laughs> he has leapfrogged his teammate. So he's just jumped straight over Haywood. He's taken an absolute hanger on him, which was an absolute ripper. So we love that from the big boy. That's why I love him. Um, and he just looks like a ripping boy. He's bloke. cleared the man. Yeah, it's... It's unbelievable. It's unheard of. So <laughs> that was an absolute ripper. Now, the other one was obviously Robbie, uh, Robbie Gray's goal. So we're going to play the, the vision for you. And uh, he missed one from there a little bit earlier. There's a few misses and he, he's come in and steeled himself in a moment where the club really needed him to kick a goal. And he's, he's gone and done it. Cometh the man, cometh the moment. So he's lining, lining up for goal now. Boy, he looks good. Just absolutely put it through. It takes nerves of steel. So he's another one that's, you know, what a moment. That's what you want to watch football for. Um, those are my pump-ups for this week. Yeah, awesome, mate. Well, we love it. And Robbie Gray, just unbelievable. That will be one of the greatest moments of the season. That will get replayed hundreds of times. But Absolutely. Round eight coming up, mate. Uh, St Kilda and Adelaide are still to play tonight, so we haven't seen that. Mm. I'm sitting on seven out of eight tips, so my tips are going pretty well at the moment. Can't say the same for you, unfortunately. I think I'm on... Four. I think I'm no, I'm three below you. So if you're eight, I'm five. No, I'm on seven. You're on so seven, you're on so four. I'm four. Yep, not doing great now that you say it that way. Um, you've all the ones that we've had opposing, you've got. So look, I need some kill to win, especially they're my certainty. So I really need them from last week to get up. But um, last week's Golden Rogie as well, I backed Tukey Boy in. He had a great game, but he didn't get the 25 and one goal. So I'm happy that they just got the W. Right, right. And my Golden Rogie this week is. Uh, Dan Butler and Tim Membry combined for six goals. And oh, yeah. You still so we'll, 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 we'll see what happens there. Uh, but round eight, Gold Coast versus Bulldogs. Primetime Thursday night slot. Huge. Now, once again, I say it every week for the Suns. I'm the biggest advocator. It is a big game and probably for both teams. Um, I've gone for Suns to win by 15. I did write down the Bulldogs because 
I was literally that superstitious that I was going to tip them and hope that I got it wrong because I got my Thursdays and Fridays wrong. But I'm backing them in. Uh, they're in good form. They've been Sydney by 32 points, but Bulldogs have come off a pretty good win against Essendon. So it just, I feel like it depends what kind of outfit turns up on the day with Bulldogs because they vary a bit. I think Suns have been a bit more consistent with their performances, but I'm going to just go for the Suns in this one. It is an interesting one, isn't it? Because they're both quite strong attacking sides. So I'm going for the Suns by six points and I am tipping a thriller, but I think it mm. could be a, even a blowout either way. So it's, it yeah. is really a hard one yeah. to say. Um, GWS versus Richmond. Yes, I'm going for the GWS. Richmond have come off a massive win against North, um, but GWS have versed first and second on the ladder the last two games. So you can't hold these losses against them. I've picked them by 20 points. But in saying that, and I've been saying this from the start, Richmond are still my premiership favourites, even though I'm tipping them to lose this week. Right. Well, I've got Richmond winning by 25 points. I think they've started to hit their straps a little bit. And that big win against North will be a big confidence booster yeah. for them to get, I, to get yeah. back to where they were sorry, last year. I was, I was cutting you off a little bit. Sorry. Um, uh, I just think uh, they're, just, they're missing their personnel a little bit. Like the back end, they'll, they'll, they'll be flying. But I think they're just missing a couple too many. And GWS is a bit stronger than a North Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that yeah. GWS having lost the last few games and Richmond having won the last few games, it'll be a confidence thing. But it will be interesting to see because, you know, Richmond, when they hit their straps, are very, very hard to stop. And we don't know if they're hitting their straps yet. So this game will be the one that does show and us And last that. year's flag as well. So yeah. it's the rematch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, yeah, grand final rematch, of course. Big. Yeah. Uh, GWS will have a chip on their shoulder about that. So North Melbourne versus Carlton. I've gone Carlton by 30 points. Now, North have had a pretty embarrassing loss to Richmond. Um, and they've actually had five losses in a row now. So they're in a bit of a rut. Uh, I reckon it's a bit under wraps because they've had some very close losses and some honourable losses. But Carlton's form at the moment, I mean, they've won three of the last five. Pretty much should have beat Port. And the other game, they only lost by a couple of goals in Kilda. So they could be five on the trot nearly. They are looking really strong. I haven't actually personally watched a lot of their games, unfortunately, through... Other games I've been watching, but by the looks of things, they're really exciting. So Carlton by 30, and that's my certainty, actually. That's your certainty? Yeah. I've Who would have thought you'd be chucking your C on Carlton? Yeah. For me, I've gone Carlton by 21 points, but I think this is the kind of game where Carlton could come out and get belted. <laughs> Honestly, I think that it yeah. is the kind of game that Car Carlton... If I think they, that yeah. the thing about Carlton, for me, is that they tend to play to the level of their opposition yep. if, you, if you've noticed that like when they played against St Kilda a few weeks ago they sort of dropped their colours a little bit and then when they play against the harder teams like your Geelong and Port Adelaide they tend to match them so I don't think that Carlton have really got that resolve yet to, to go against the weaker teams in the side and belt them well, except for, they belted the doggies of course but yeah so I, I think well St Kilda are a pretty good team so when you say that like St Kilda have been going through a pretty good patch um, recently so I think, yeah, Carlton, they, they need to come out and they need to make a stamp, though. Yeah. That's, that's what I feel because they're sitting 11th right now. And this is all presumed, presuming that St Kilda wins on the Monday, which is today that we're recording. Um, but, yeah, I reckon Carlton are looking the goods there. Carlton by 21 for me. Sydney Hawthorne. I have gone Hawthorne by 27 points. For me, uh, I'll give praise to McCartan and Alir Alir in their forward line for Sydney. Um, they gave them something to look at in the forward line, but... Sydney just don't have much else going for them. They had f only five um, goal scorers for the team, mm. kicking ten, uh, nine goals or ten goals. So 
they just don't have a lot of options. And for that, that's how you're supposed to be winning games. I think um, McCartan was o- was was okay. He took a few big grabs. He took a couple of pack marks. Alir, Alir, I don't think is a forward. I think he, he drops too many too many marks for me. Yeah, I will say that I gave him praise for his game on the weekend. He kicked two and they weren't, you know, like jaw-dropping um, performances, but that's all they've got going for in their forward. And that's what I mean. Like they mm. haven't really got much else. They really need to get Buddy back. Anyway, I've gone for uh, Hawthorne by 17 points and in that in that game. Hawthorne by 27. I can't remember if I said it or you not. You did. Port Adelaide versus St Kilda. I will go for Port by 11 points. Um, they just got the da- the W against Carlton, as we said, by three points. Um, Saints have been in good form, so I reckon this should be a really good game. But it's their first game back at home at uh, Adelaide Oval. So that should be really exciting and I really reckon that the crowd will pump them up and hopefully, I don't know how many they'll get in the crowd, but hopefully it's a big crowd and, you know, it'll be an electric game and obviously Robbie Gray can't yeah. get past him. I've gone Port by 13 and I think it is generous because for me, I think that St Kilda are a little bit of a hype train at the moment and I think that Port might cut them off at the knees and beat them by 30 plus points, but I've conservatively gone for Port, for Port plus by 13 points. Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, Saints could announce themselves with this game if they got a scalp at the home ground. Yep. Uh, Adelaide versus Essendon. Um, obviously, Adelaide aren't too crash hot, so I think it's pretty simple. Essendon have come off an embarrassing loss to the Bulldogs um, by 42 points, so they need to get this one back and, and win. They, they've been in okay form. They've been winning, so yeah, obviously backing Essendon by 25. I think that Essendon were another hype train last week when you said they could be in the top few teams yeah. in the side, which they could have, uh, but then they got... Smashed by the dogs. And Essendon, if anyone is going to lose to Adelaide at the moment, I think that it's Essendon. Essendon are that kind of team that will not show up. That will show up and beat the best team on their day, but then they just will not show up and get upset by the worst team. So they got beaten by Carlton last year when Carlton were in pretty rotten form. So I think that there is a chance that Adelaide get that scalp. But for me, I'm going Essendon by nine points. Nice. And their next game is West Coast Collingwood. West Coast Collingwood. I have gone for Collingwood by 22 points. Um, and their defense has just been immaculate. So with that, I actually have my golden rogie this week. Now, I looked into it. Collingwood have only conceded 298 points for the season. Um, West Coast, I'm going to pick as the lowest score of the round due to Collingwood's defense. Uh, they haven't had that before. So this isn't something that's uh, been predicted. But I just think Collingwood's defence, I'm just backing them in that they'll do a really good job and then they'll shut them down. So Collingwood by 22. And what was the Golden Rogie? And Golden Rogie, West Coast to have the lowest score of the round. Right. Okay. Lowest score of the round. Nice. Uh, I'm going for Collingwood by two points. I think that it's always a thrilling game, West Coast versus Collingwood. I think they'll produce another thriller. I think West Coast will step it up a notch as to how they've been playing previously. They've been playing all right, though. They beat, they won their last few games, beat Fremantle by 30 points on the weekend. Um, but yeah, I'm going for Collingwood by two points and uh, I think it'll be another thriller. Low scoring game, but a thriller. Uh, Melbourne, Brisbane. I mean, Melbourne has had a pretty good victory over Hawks, but then again, they're a team that like Port last year, do, are they going to turn up? You don't know what kind of Hawthorne outfit mm. you'll get. Uh, for me, I'm going for the Lions for uh, 28 points. And But for Melbourne, it's this is a big opportunity. It, they're going for three in a row and this could really be a catalyst for their season. So... They have a lot to kind of gain out of this and uh, Brisbane probably don't have as much motivation. Obviously, you want to win games, but Melbourne could come out with a head of steam, but once again, Lions by 28. 
So I'm going for the Lions by 31. But if I look at it on the contrary, I think that I saw Melbourne yesterday do what they've been needing to do all year, which was use their big, strong midfield to bully the other team. They bullied Hawthorne with Viney, uh, Petrarca, um, Oliver, Clayton Oliver. They were really physical in the midfield. And, and I love to see that because there's a reason why they've got all these bulls in the midfield to really walk all over other teams. And I think that the Lions can be a little bit susceptible to that, to getting bullied by bigger, stronger, more physical teams. So if any, if, if there's going to be an upset of the round, it could be that. But I'm going for the Lions by 31 because I think that they'll stick to that. Nice. Fremantle versus Geelong. I have gone for the Cattery. Um, Geelong by 19 points. Fremantle don't have any five, or don't have any five, don't have <laughs> Matt five. Um, so with that, he's a massive barometer for them. Mm. I mean, Geelong probably won't have um, Gary Ablett because he's gone home for family reasons. But yeah, I, I think Geelong will just be a bit too strong. I'm also going for Geelong. I think that Fremantle needs some five. <laughs> they don't have that they five. currently don't have any five yeah. uh, which, which sucks for them so Geelong by 26 for me and this is my dead set certainty huge yeah uh, and also for my golden rogie I'm going for Brisbane to beat uh, the D's and for Cameron and Hipwood to combine for five goals brilliant nice alright well, so. we'll see how we go so that is this week's predictions now what caught Moosey's eye what caught Moosey's eye? So I don't have a sting for you this week because it's not good nor bad. It's more of an observation. So I was listening to the Dylan Friends podcast, great podcast, Dylan Buckley, and he had Mitch Robinson on. This was an old one, but I was you know, really listening to some. And Mitch Robinson talked about the prospect of having new AFL clubs brought in, such like, you know, how GWS and Gold Coast were brought in. But the idea of having a Tasmanian team, it really got me thinking about, you know, if there were a Tasmanian team and another team, then, you know, what would that look like? So for me, I would like to see if there was two more teams introduced, a Tasmanian and a Northern Territory team. We already know that the Tasmanian team would have the green jumpers, probably be called the Tassie Devils, I would imagine. The Northern Territory would be Northern Territory Thunder. They'd have that fantastic black and red jumper with the lightning bolt. And, you know, there are a lot of good players that come from those states. And those are the two big, two of the biggest footy states that we have. So for them to have their own team, I think would be incredibly exciting for the game. So what I've done here is I've just gone and gotten the 10 best players from Tasmania and from Northern Territory. So from Tasmania, Mitch Robinson, Jeremy Howe, Alex Pierce, Jake and Cade Collajasny, Hugh Greenwood, Lockie Weller, big fan of the podcast, <laughs> Ben Brown, Taron Thomas, Toby Nankervis and Jack Rewald pretty good list it's a good list yeah it's a good place to start i mean and this is you know assuming that they get all of those players to return home yeah. we're just assuming hypothetically uh northern territory big silk sean Burgoyne comes back for his last few years to to lead the boys daniel rioli jed anderson willie rioli stephen motlop stephen may mcdonald tip and woody nagaya cockatoo brandon parfit and ben long now I could see all of those blokes in the Northern Ter- Territory jumper and really creating an amazing culture up there. I yeah. mean, how, how, what do you reckon? I, I, I look at you get Sean Bergwin, right? A bloke who, uh, admittedly, he's still playing good football. We thought this probably would be his last year. You got the leadership, and then the Aboriginal players are so exciting to watch. You mean like, like you'd, you'd see how much uh, excitement they play with their game. It'd be a dynamic style. Mm. Like I reckon it'd just be so electric if we had a, a like an Aboriginal dominated team. Like I reckon for the competition, that would just be awesome. I played against Northern Territory uh, Thunder up there when I played against in the Neeple. 
and they're zippy, they're fast moving. It's just an exciting brand of football. So it's it's something different. And I think it'd be another little uh, tick that the AFL would put. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, there's already a real culture around the Northern Territory Thunder as well. But another question I wanted to ask you was, you know, obviously with Gold Coast, they recruited Gary Ablett. GWS went for Tom Scully. If you get two scalps for this team, you have big money, you've got cash to splash, you bring in all of those players, bring them back home to their, to their home state, but then you've got cash to splash to spend on two big recruits. Yep. Who do you get and why? Um, so with, I think you want to have someone who's announced themselves um, as who's going to be a pretty good player for the next 10 years, or someone who's, you know, who's got a bit of leadership on their side. So for me, I'll take one, one will be a captain and it'll be Paddy Cripps. I think just the way he goes about it, he's been pulling Carlton by himself. And I think if, you know, money and everything willing aside, he'd come and, and move to another club and take that challenge on. I think he'd be someone who I'd absolutely target. I just love the way he goes about it. And then another big name, I think someone who's just really exciting is Matt Rowe. Like, you mean, like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you bring a bloke? I, I don't think there's anyone else that you could bring because he's the youngest and most exciting player and he has so much upside and for the club, he'd be there for years and years and years. So I think he would be a really important recruit. Yeah. So those are my three. Yeah. So for me, I actually went Pat Cripps as well. I'd have oh, yeah. him, I'd have him walk in captain. Uh, he's shown time and time again that he can carry a team by the scruff of the neck. He's got yeah. players hanging off him at every contest and he's the kind of guy that's going to pick up the slack. And he, I think he would be the perfect player to recruit for a club like that. Yeah. And then I've actually gone Harris Andrews. Because I want two players with big leadership quality who are young and who, are, you know, even if it takes five years for the club to mature, that these guys are still in their prime when that happens, when the premiership window does come about. So yeah. those are the two blokes that I'd go. There you go, Paddy Cripps. I was, I was thinking young leaders and even the Bont could have got a mention because, you know, he's doing well down at the Bulldogs. But I think just, just Cripper, he's just, there's something about him, the mm. way he goes about it. He brings his team. Yeah, absolutely. He does. So that's what caught my eye this week, mate. And uh, you've got a few mares for us. Yes, so we've got Mayor of the Week. It's a new thing that we've brought on. Um, thanks to our great mate, Razzle Dazzle. <laughs> we, we love him. Now, we'll give him the sting. We'll put the little clip up. This will be the sting each week of the, uh, the Mayor of the Week. That's when you're having it, man. <laughs> you're not doing great. Now, the first one we've got is... GWS's defense. Now, this is absolutely deplorable. Whoever, I actually don't know who the bloke who was playing next to Neil was, but what's happened in this clip for people who are listening, um, there's been a mark by Lincoln McCartney in the forward line uh, right near the goal square. The GWS players have turned off and Lockie Neil has just sneakily walked past into the goal square unopposed and just walked straight onto the, onto the line and kicked the goal from point blank range. So it is not acceptable. Now that is a shocker. Yeah, so that's a that's an absolute stinker. It should never happen at any level, but especially AFL. Now I, this I can imagine that that would have caused Leon Cameron to give whoever the bloke was that was playing on Lockie Neal or all of them because they're all standing around just blaming. Yeah, I can imagine Leon Cameron would have perforated an eardrum after that. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just a bad look for the defense because it shows 
lack of confidence, a lack of camaraderie, you know, things like that, that you put them under the, uh, the magnifying glass, teams will, will pick that out and go, look, if you kick a couple of goals on their defense, we're going to pick them apart and mm. they're going to drop their heads. So it's really not good vision for um, other teams to have of you. But this is the mayor of the week. <laughs> this is <it's> Toddy Marshall. <laughs> Come on, brother. Now, I'm not going to go too hard on anyone because at the end of the day, you're on the biggest stage. But when you get a silver service handball from Robbie Gray on the top of the goal square, you're down by three points with a minute and a half to go and you need to kick the goal. Just put it through, brother. So this is the <laughs> clip that we've got for you. And it, it, he, he knows it as well. It hurts him to bloody have done this, but this is the clip. He has uh, had an absolute mare. He's so he knows it too. We won't harp on it too much. But there was actually one other thing that I found this week that was the biggest mare. Now, Moosey, what's going on with your socials, mate? What do you mean? Because I've come across this tweet that you've popped up. You've had a bit of a Riley O'Brien. So let me just, <laughs> oh, <laughs> let me just read this. <laughs> now, Jakey Edgington. He's put his game notes, Hello Game Day notes on for Ponch. I'll read it out to you, mate. The first one, he said, Ponch, looks like a bowling ball. Second. Can we get a little bowling ball? <laughs> so, the second one. Has a head only a mother could love. Thanks, mate. Didn't think I'd see this, but I'm reading it. Third, he's got chat like a 16-year-old teeny bopper. Is that what you think when I come on the show, mate? My chat shit. So it hurts. His smile is 90% gums, 10% teeth. Ten <laughs> percent's generous. <laughs> it hurts. Now it keeps going. If Hello Game Day was Destiny's Child, I'd definitely be Beyonce. <laughs> that is putrid, mate. I can't believe you've written all of this. Um, I hope I hope everyone understands my hilarious domain name. Lol. Hashtag answer is Moose. Domain name hung like her. <laughs> now the one thing I didn't understand, mate. Is I am the next gen Dennis Rodman. So what's going on there? You tell me, Ponch. Because <laughs> now you've come in very strong last oh week no. saying this. <laughs> you've come in very strong last week, mate. No. You've put something out of the bag <laughs> and it's time to return serve. I've dropped the oh, I've dropped the bundle. <laughs> you you're getting the Dennis Rodman treatment, mate. So, no. so everyone who didn't see last week's show. I've played it off. He doesn't know. Yeah. I'm giving you the blonde tips. Now, not only that, mate. Now, if you want to just tell me how you feel, because I've got to find something else that's in my bag. Ponch, this is terrible by you. You know that I've been gone the last few months trying to grow my hair. Yeah, you know, I love trying to look like Orlando Bloom or Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Everyone's been commenting how you haven't been wearing your hat. Now, it's not just the hair, mate. It's the piercings as well. No. <laughs> So we're going to get these hoops and you are getting the Dennis Rodman treatment. Now, massive shout out to Tom Kennedy of the Rocky Road Post. He gave me the idea. Oh, I shaved my oh, head. Go fuck yourself, Tom. And so this has been the stitch up. So after this, we're filming it and you're going to get some pearly blondes, mate. Does that mean that I can date Carmen Electra? You can do You can do whatever you want. <laughs> mate, if you get her on the show, that'd be great. <sighs> so, yeah, that was the stitch up I was getting you with. You're an asshole. <laughs> now, we've got to finish this segment off. So that's the Mayor of the Week. We've got 
Carl Amon we're introducing now. So do you want to pump up this interview or are you too shell-shocked? Okay, well, mate, I'm excited for Carl. Um, <laughs> you pump it up, Punch. I'm flat, mate. I'm so, flat. Guys, this interview was an absolute ripper. Um, we gave him a few stitch-ups, as I said. He took it like a champ because there wasn't much to get on him, so he maybe chucked a few fake ones in there. Um, but other than that, we talked about his football career, Porter in great form. We asked about the club. Uh, and get really excited for this because I'm excited. Don't know about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> sitting here wincing. Mate, how do you think I feel? Look at me. I'm going one more time. Look at me. Skewy. <laughs> I look like a Shalom monk. <laughs> <laughs> now you are going to look like... A what? A Shaolin monk. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> what did you call it? Shalom. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's just cut to the interview. <laughs> All right, guys, go home on. Enjoy. <laughs> All right, Rogue on the mic here. It's Moosey. I just want to tell everybody, please subscribe to us on YouTube, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the Great Hello Game Day podcast. Now, Ponchi, what have you got for us? We've got the boys from Room 10. They've done a great job with us. They've just launched their product. We've got Big EJ and even bigger Willie. We love what the boys do. Um, so if you're looking for any editorial video, film, anything the likes, look at Room 10 uh, on Facebook and check them out because they're doing a great job. Absolutely. Now, Ponchi, without further ado, mate, we've got Carl Amon on the line, so get your head in the game. Ready, boy. All right, guys. This week, we've got Carl Amon on the show. He is a Sandy Dragons boy. He went to Halebury College in Melbourne, picked up pick 68 in the 2013 draft. Carl Amon, please give us your biggest hello game day. Hello, game day. Um, Thank <laughs> you. Well, footy club, hope you're enjoying the show. Thanks, big boy. Thanks for coming on. Much appreciated, mate. How are you doing after that amazing win on the weekend and Robbie Gray with ice in his veins from the boundary? Yeah, it was, uh, it was one of the best from Robbie. Um, obviously, you know, it was good to get the win um, and, you know, obviously to, to just keep on top of the ladder, which is good. And, you know, footy is always better when you're winning, so... Um, the, the, the flight the flight home was much better. Absolutely. And, you know, it is in fact Monday and uh, Todd Marshall has done an absolute don't come Monday. So I know you guys got the day off, but do you reckon he'll be coming to your next recovery session? And if so, surely he has to put a bit of money in the footy trip fund. <laughs> I think he's going to uh, shout Robbie a few beers, I reckon. Um, <laughs> I, saw after, I saw him after the game. He was, he was, he was pretty distraught about it. Um, he literally just said to me, I was, I was just running there and um, the ball was suddenly in my hand. So I don't think he expected it too much. But um, yeah, look, he, he kicked the shit out of it. Um, but yeah, he's, he's lucky that Robbie's, uh, as you said, got ice in his veins. Lovely, mate. It was, uh, it was an interesting finish to the game. And I, I literally caught the last few minutes. So I was jumping out of my seat when you boys won. Um, now, to the stitch-ups, which we love every week. We do a bit of research. Now, the first one that we got uh, sent in by one of the boys is that you love your Snapchat. So, what's the what's the deal, mate? You're really into your Snapchat. No, a few, a few of my old mates, uh, they try and get under my skin. Um, and that's sort of one of the ways they do it. Um, I love my phone, I'm not going to lie. Uh, whether it's Instagram, you know, whatever it is, um, I'm always on it. So, that's how they uh, try and give me shit. So. Apparently, one of the things is there's an I'm famous pick that they reckon you've got going. Uh, yeah, a few of the boys have tried to copy it, but um, 
Matt Waugh is probably one of them who, who tried to tried to do it, but he definitely didn't succeed. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I'll say. <laughs> all right, we'll leave that one there. Now, another one that we've heard in the room, Mill mate, is uh, when Port's form isn't going too well. Uh, apparently, is it true that David Kosh threatens to throw on the boots? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, again, I'm not going to comment on that, but uh, you know, Koshy is very. He's got a very loud voice and um, he loves to use it. But, um, you know, nah, what he's done for the club has been tremendous, especially uh, early on in the in the years that he came. But, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely got his voiceless opinion. Yeah, he, he's definitely done a lot for the club and obviously getting them to, to China and other kind of uh, promotional things. So he's very, very good CEO and he does very well. So he's a good man. Uh, another one that I wanted to ask was apparently, mate, uh, when you boys were about 15 years old, you nearly killed one of your best mates, Luke Verma. So what happened there? Oh, it's no shock that he sent you all this mail. Um, <laughs> you've definitely gone to the right bloke. But um, yeah, back when we were 15, um, you know, young kids, we were sort of into our skinboarding and um, we thought it would be a good idea to, you know, get a bungee rope. And um, we initially had it tied to a pier and, you know, you pull the bungee back and then you you know, you hold your mate and then you let him go and you go pretty quick. But um, the pier wasn't working too well. And for some reason, we had an anchor down there with us. So we put it, uh, connected the bungee to the anchor and we put it in the sand. And there's about three of us pulling this bungee back. And next thing you know, like we've all fallen back. The anchors come flying out of the water and it's hit Luke. It's, it's actually, it's hit him right in the tricep and it's split his tricep. Um, so yeah, that was, that was possibly one of the worst days of my life. I had to call his mum, saying we're taking him to the hospital because anchors bloody hit him nearly in the face and nearly killed him. So um, yeah, that was probably one of the worst days. <laughs> That's a shocker. We all do silly all things right. when we're younger, mate. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure I've done worse. If you listen to the podcast, I've done worse. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have done, done way worse. Um, another one, mate, is that apparently you are seriously OCD. Is there any truth to this? Yeah, massive. Um, like, like even the smallest of things, just like even like, for, for example, taping my ankles, they've got to be done the same way every time. Um, just small shit, like, yeah, it's, it, I like it, but it drives some other people crazy. Is it true that you separate your Gatorade bottles into different colours? Oh, they could have been a thing when I was, when I was a bit younger. Um, I definitely did that. Um, even like nowadays, like the constant, sometimes Gatorade's too strong, so I'll have a little sip, put some water in it. Um, yeah, just small stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's economical. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if this ties into the OCD part, but we're hearing that you're an expert organizer of footy trips. So what does that look like? And can you give us a rundown of what a good footy trip looks like for you? I actually haven't done too many footy trips. Um, and there's and there's talk of, um, you know, the one later in the year and what we're going to do. But, um, yeah, I've definitely organized a fair few, fair, fair few trips with my mates here and there. Um, whether it be to Bali or, or um, the States as well. But yeah, as you said, it definitely ties into the OCD, but I'll definitely have, you know, hundreds of, you know, Airbnbs to look at, making sure that I'm getting the right one. 
um, and just places to do and, and everything like that. So yeah, I think that definitely kicks into the OCD side of things. Oh, it's important, mate. It's, it's important to get a good, uh, good place to stay. The last one we've got for you is apparently you maybe shed, shed a little tear when Chad Wingard left the club. Is there any truth to that? I wonder whether that was Fabian Strangers who sent that in. It could have been. But, um, <laughs> nah, look, Chaddy was, he's a tremendous player. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the highly skilled players that, that I played with. Um, and I guess um, what we did on the Indigenous side of things at, at the footy club was really, really important to us both. And, um, you know, it was obviously sad to see him leave. I definitely didn't share, shed a tear so we can cross that off. But, um, you know, it was sad to see him leave and obviously the play that he is and, um, you know, he's doing some great stuff down at Hawthorne. Now, that was all the stitch-ups we had, mate. Um, and to be fair, we had to dig pretty hard and you were, you've got a very good clean sheet. So you were one of the harder ones to get, but that's all we had. So we'll move forward to some more serious footy questions, mate. Now, with your, your juniors, um, at what point did you think AFL was potentially a career that you wanted to pursue? And um, when did that pursuit become a reality? Yeah, it was, you know, as, as a kid playing footy in juniors, you're always dreaming of playing AFL. And um, I think it was probably under-16s when I got selected to play in the, uh, I think it was the Futures game back then. Um, and I was sort of, it sort of came as a bit of a surprise, to be honest. And um, from that point on, it was sort of, you know, the path was sort of leading towards AFL. And it was probably only in your... You know, in my top age year where, you know, I started playing, I played a few Vic Metro games and um, when you sort of start getting letters from AFL clubs, that's when it sort of really hits you um, to think that, you know, it could actually, you know, it could actually happen. So, um, you know, it was, always a, it was always a dream of mine, but whether the reality, it was probably more later than, than other blokes. And, um, but yeah, I'm very thankful that it happened. Yeah, because obviously I know you well, we played Sandy Dragons together and through that, sort of end of the year that you were you were touted as a, a smoky in the the draft from like you know the the phantom drafts and stuff um so you end up getting picked 68 which was the second last pick uh besides all the rookie yeah. elevations um and i was just wondering where you were watching it and what your expectations were that night yeah i was watching it at home i just had no pies or anything like that it was just my family and um sort of my my godparents who were there and um yeah i as you said, I was I was a pretty, you know, late late draft pick, and obviously the second last pick of the night, um, and a smoky as well. So going into it, I obviously had expectations and, and hoping I was going to get drafted. And um, I think Frio were the were the most interested. I think um, they met with mum and dad during the sort of week before the draft, and that I didn't know about that at the time, but. They were my most interested and, and sort of when they passed with, I'm not sure what pick it was, it could have been like 62 or something like that. Um, I obviously thought that, you know, my chances were, were going to be pretty low after that. So, um, you know, when Port Adelaide called out your name, it's, yeah, it's one of the unreal feelings that, you, that you'll feel. That's awesome. So moving to getting drafted and how did you find moving across to South Australia first time out of home, um, your first pre-season and... I probably uh, can assume that it probably helped having Darcy Byrne Jones, another Vic Metro boy, moving across with you. Yeah, funny story. So um, the draft was on Thursday night. Um, so Thursday night went out with the mates, uh, which was good fun. And then on Sunday was on a plane to Adelaide, 
Um, and then on Tuesday, I was on a plane to Dubai for my first uh, pre-season camp. So oh, yeah. uh, you could definitely say that we were thrown into the deep end. Um, you know, it was just the... I think there was five of us playing and Kane Mitchell, um, who had he had troubles with his passport. So I think we're on the plane there. So there was about six of us and, and we're brought into the team room on, I think, what Wednesday morning, um, you know, not knowing any of these blokes. So, um, you know, that was pretty nerve-wracking times. But as you said, um, you know, going over with Darcy Ben-Jones, who I played um, top age Metro with. And, and I also had Jarman Impey, who I'd known since I was 15 through um, Aboriginal pathways and programs. So, um, you know, I was pretty lucky that I went, went over with two blokes who I knew um, through juniors, which, which certainly helped with the process. And that would be incredible. The first meeting at AFL club being completely uh, overseas, mate. So another one is obviously you spent your first year in 2014 in the Sandful. Um, and then the following year, you finally get your opportunity round seven against Brisbane at the Gabba. Um, what was the build-up like over the year and a half and then up to that moment where you got to play? What was it kind of like with your first game? Um, yeah, it was it was sort of a tough build-up. I think, um, you know, I was, I was playing some more up footy in the sample, but um, during that time, I guess in the 2014 season, um, you know, Port, we were kick off the grand final. So, um, you know, it was certainly a hard team to break into, um, no doubt about that. Um, and I guess, you know, that year in the sample, we made the grand final as well. So, um, you know, we, we had a pretty strong squad. So it was obviously pretty hard to break into the team in that year. And um, I think I was emergency a few times here and there, but um, obviously didn't get to play that year. But um, going into the next year of 2015, I think, um, you know, that was sort of when Kane Corns was sort of finishing up. And uh, I think he ended up retiring in round six and then I played round seven. So... Um, you know, it was certainly a long build-up and, um, you know, obviously I had to wait, wait for my time to debut, but um, certainly, um, you know, it was, it was a really good experience playing that first game, even though uh, Brisbane smashed us by about 80 points. So um, that's one that I'll always remember. Yeah, mate, well, that's, that's awesome, especially to finally work so hard to get your debut. Now, um, Ken Hinckley is someone we want to obviously talk about. He's a much-loved coach in the AFL community and he's a bloke who wears his heart in his sleeve. So as a, as a coach, and especially off last year, he kind of came out and said finals or bust. So I just kind of want to know how he is like as a, as a coach. Uh, yeah, look, he's a really good coach, first and foremost. And, um, you know, but the thing with Kenny is probably he's, he's a really um, people person and, and he tries to build lots of relationships. And, um, you know, him and along with Michael Voss, our senior assistant, um, you know, in the past three years, we've really tried to, you know, build the connection between the, the playing group and the coaching group as well. And, um, you know, Ken's done that since day dot. You know, he, he always builds relationships with, with his players and, um, you know, his, his door's always open to, to have a yarn with. So, um, you know, he's a credit to him that he, he, he does that and, you know, the players have complete trust in him and, and what he's doing. And, um, you know, as a coach, we really, we really believe in, in what we're doing, this, especially this year and, you know, this has been built off, you know, the, the past two years that we've been building. So um, as a group, we've got, you know, really good confidence in, in the playing group and the coaches as well. I'm, I'm not surprised with that at all. Um, that's what it kind of comes across, especially from the outside um, looking yeah. in. And obviously, you know, he he's excitable. After you win on the weekend, it was such a good vision of him just slapping everything in the coach's box, like the wall and everything. So I loved it. Um, but I want to know, has there been any funny sprays you've, 
you've come across, you've been a part of, or that he's delivered in front of you to someone else that you can share with us? Oh, he, he delivers a main play, that's for sure. Um, I've been on an end of a few of them in my, in my early years. And look, I can't think of too many funny ones, to be honest, but you know, when he, when he walks down at quarter time or three quarter time and you can see that he's got his head on, like, you, you get out of his way, that's for sure. Um, oh, I feel the, feel the blokes, and they won't mind me saying, you know, Jasper Pittard and, and Riley Bonner have copped a few that I've seen. You just, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't get in their way, that's for sure. Jasper Pittard definitely strikes me as a man who uh, would have had the blow dry treatment done to him a few times. <laughs> I reckon he looks like a smart ass. Yeah. I don't know what it oh, is. Man. Honestly, I see Kenny walking down after a, a poor quarter, and I can feel the fear from literally the TV. So I couldn't imagine standing in front of it, big time. Um, so, mate, every week we do everything AFL HQ, which is a page that fo- that we follow, and we have a little relationship with them, where their fans ask us a question every week. So this week, the question is. Do players play super coach? And if so, do they choose themselves? And the question is by Cade Griggs. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I play, I play super coach with um, my mates back home. Um, so we've had that running for a fair few years now. Um, I guess the second part of the question is no, I haven't picked myself. Um, yeah, <laughs> just don't do that. Um, and I guess, yeah, I guess the other players, the boys at the club, um, I know they did that in AFL Fantasy Draft this year, um, which they didn't and they're still going through. So, yeah, I guess it's sort of just a bit of fun between between the players. And, you know, I, I don't do it at the club, but I'll do it with my mates to, you know, keep going with them. Yeah, right. And a- another question that we had to mention because we were having a, such a, we were having such a laugh about this is um, it's an honorary mention. Uh, it's by Big Grind Myers fan page. And the question is, if you could bring one player to Port Adelaide, who would you bring and why would it be Grind Myers? <laughs> and why would or wouldn't it be Grind Myers? Uh, why would it be Grind Myers? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he's got the most unusual kicking action of ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's rogue. It's bizarre. That's but, not but he's a, he's, a, he's a bloody good kick, so um, yeah. Maybe one day, but... If you could actually bring someone over, who would you bring in all seriousness? Um, oh, look, I guess in the past few weeks, um, and, you know, being an SA boy, um, you know, maybe he could come back over, but um, Isaac Rankin. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. we certainly, we've certainly seen some of the stuff that he's done as a bottom major over in SA, and I guess what he's done, his first two games has been, you know, pretty remarkable. And there's no doubt he's got, you know, a special talent about him. And, um, you know, he'd be a very nice player to get and, and play with. Right. Well, there we go. Yeah, the, la- so, the line has been cast. Heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> the <Hello Game> Day <laughs> podcast. Um, exactly. So that kind of leads in well to the next question. Um, last year, you guys had an insurgence of youth and skill in the form of Butters, Dersma and Rosie who have come in and made a massive impact. I was wondering about, you know, what that was like, you know, experiencing that firsthand, being a player at the club, having those guys come in and make such a big impact. Yeah, I think, I think it's not to mention, it was, it was massive from the club to sort of go down that path. It certainly wasn't a rebuild, but they certainly wanted to get some youth into the club. And, you know, you look at the past few years before that, they, you know, bought in Motlock, Broccoli from Watson, um, you know, there's no doubt that our, our premiership window is probably right now with, you know, our older blokes, you know, in, in Robbie and, and Bokey getting on. So, 
Um, but yeah, getting back to those three boys, they, they brought so much energy to the club and, um, you know, just their confidence and, and their ability on the field. Um, and, you know, there's no doubt you look this year, there's no second year blues between all of them. And, you know, if not, you look at Zach Butters and he's just getting better. And, um, you know, he's been one of our best performers this year. So, you know, what, what all three of them, they all bring something different. But, you know, they're certainly a massive part of our team already. And, you know, that's a credit to them. Yeah, absolutely. And they've been, they've been amazing and they're so fun to watch. And one of the parts of that is I loved uh, Xavier Dersma's celebration, the, the bow and arrow. And um, I was wondering, does he get a bit of stick around the club for that or are the boys all for it? Uh, no, the boys love it. Um, you know, certainly it gets us up and about, especially on game day. But um, no, he comes a little bit of stick about it, so, you know, here and there. But, you know, it's not bad stick. It's just, you know, um, a bit of banter around the, around the club. But, um, you know, there's no doubt that, um, you know, he loves it and, and, and the fans love it as well. Definitely. it's all. I, I love a bit of a celebration. I love when, when the boys get up and about and show a bit of character. Um, another question I had about the inner workings of the club is who would be the coach's pet? I mean, who is bringing Ken, Ken Hinckley his coffee and knows exactly how he likes it in the morning? Uh, definitely the two older blokes in, in Robbie and Bokey. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I'll put Bokey in, in front of a Robbie, I reckon. Um, just by a slim margin, but no, he loves those two blokes. And um, you, can, you can obviously see why, you know, Robbie's Robbie's Robbie and, and Bokey's Bokey. They're both tremendous players. Absolutely. And you, you could tell by the way that Ken Hinckley celebrated on the weekend that he probably has does have a particularly soft spot for Robbie Gray. And I can see why. <laughs> yeah, he loves Robbie. He loves Robbie a lot. Yeah. Matt, another thing I wanted to cover with you, if it's okay with you, of course, is that you, you, you had an illness as a kid that is is quite remarkable. The story is amazing. And from the ages of five to eight, you were regularly in hospital. You spent a year in a wheelchair. And I was wondering if you if I could maybe give you the floor to give us the background behind that a little bit. Yeah, yeah so um, when I was, you know, I was sort of just turned five and um, I was diagnosed with Perthes disease. So what Perthes is, is um, it's a, a, a bone disease in your hip, in the femur bone. So... Um, technically, the head of the femur bone um, starts to die and it sort of starts to soften. Um, so as I was growing, it sort of wasn't coming to the right place and, and obviously um, I had a bone that was dying. So um, so for a couple of years there, I um, you know, I wasn't at school much and was in, as you said, I was in a wheelchair for a year and um, had five operations on my hip and um, you know, sort of wasn't allowed to play sport um, sort of until I was about 10. So... I played soccer for a few years there and then obviously went back to footy because obviously I love footy. And um, But yeah, I sort of was lucky enough that I had a really good surgeon back in Melbourne at the Royal Children's. And um, yeah, I, I had scans in my, obviously under 18 year, obviously going into the draft and you said that, you know, I, you would never know that I had it. So I was very fortunate that, you know, we were able to get on top of it pretty early and, um, you know, I was very lucky that I had a good surgeon for it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it really is an amazing story. And if you take a step back and just sort of look at your journey, how unlikely is it that you are where you are today, all things considered? Uh, yeah, to be honest, pretty unlikely. I think, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, to meet some kids now who are, who are going through the disease, which um, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about. And, um, you know, to see them, you know, still in wheelchairs and, and stuff like that and sort of to be an inspiration for them. That's very humbling for myself, but as you said, yeah, 
Um, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's, it was pretty unlikely that you know I could make it to this stage. Yeah, definitely. And what what advice would you give to those kids when you do when you do speak to them? Yeah, you know, whenever I see them, you know, they're always, you know, these super energetic kids who are in a wheelchair or, or you know who can't play sport and all that. But you know, I think if you do the do the right things and, and you know do what you have to do, I think you know the time will turn. And you know, obviously, if you get better and all that kind of stuff, you just got to be patient with it. Um, I think that's the main key, just to be you know patient, do the right stuff, and you know they'll be playing sport in no time. That's what I try and tell them. Now, I think that would be massively inspirational for kids going through the same thing and you're a great example of that so well done for that i mean that's all i've i've got for you today mate you got anything else no that's it mate just once again thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate anyone who comes on and you giving us your time because you boys are busy in this unprecedented uh, unprecedented time so thank you once again mate yeah thanks again mate and good luck for the uh, rest of the season no worries boys thanks for having me cheers carl aim on everybody So that was our interview with Carl Amon. What a man, what a story, and how good a port this year. Exciting, mate. He could be walking away at the end of this year with potentially a premiership medallion. So the boys are in hot form. They're probably up there with the favourites, and uh, it's exciting. You definitely think that they'll be rubbing shoulders with the with the big boys around September. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the way it's looking at the minute. So I've just learnt that I have got to get a uh, Dennis Rodman-like um, haircut if you want to call it, no, getting my hair dyed, ears pierced. Um, so I'm going to be, in, I'm going to look like a new man after this. So and I guess just quickly, how do you feel? Because you said it off camera, but you have been loving yourself and your hair. So how much does this hurt that you're going to get the skunk treatment? Oh, it, it hurts terribly. For about three months, I've been trying to grow my hair a bit longer. I wanted to see how it looked. I, th- I thought that there could be a chance that I'd, I'd slightly resemble Jon Snow in the way that his hair goes. <laughs> Goes curly, um, obviously not. I'm about to get look like you know with get the Dennis Rodman yeah. treatment. So yeah, like getting the full den doggy Rob dog. I'm I'm, I'm flat <laughs> as a pancake, mate. I'm yeah. flat as a pancake. But you know, tune into our Instagram to uh, have a laugh at my expense. Uh, but until then, I've been the moose. I've been the punch. And next time you tune in, bring a mate. Thank you for tuning into the Hello Game Day podcast. If you're listening right now, that means you've made it to the end of the episode. And maybe even enjoyed what you've heard. If so, you can join us on all major social media platforms, as well as audio podcasting platforms and YouTube. Or just head on over to our website at www.hellogameday.co and hit subscribe to join our mailing list where you can receive weekly updates on the podcast. We'd like to give a massive thank you to our producer, Ethan Curtin. Find him on Instagram at Room10Company as well as Equal Tech, who have given us an office space to work in. And our beautiful graphic design is done by Chev at Graphic Design. He's been the punch. He's been the moose. And next time you drop in, bring a mate.